Hey, sir, chief, welcome to uh, Liberty by Trade. You're lucky enough to be guests number three and four. Um, really excited to have you both here, especially together. I know with, with ever increasing, increasingly shrinking schedules, um, we don't have a lot of time. I'm sure we could absolutely get a full episode with each of you, but um, I think the beauty of having you guys here together is you pretty much started command um, and command chief time together and, and are essentially ending it together. So this is sort of our Vasco and Jamie intro and outro. Um, but to start off, do you, do you want to walk us through kind of your, your first days here, I guess, summer of 2020 at the, at the Liberty Wing and Command as a team? Either one of you can start. That's well, my funny. first days, uh, you know, go back to 2018. So I'll let Jamie take this one. Yeah, so we got here, uh, Jessica and I and Wyatt got here uh, shortly after the boss had taken command. Uh, me and the prior command chief, Mark Chilkoff, were, were pretty good friends. And he asked, hey, you know, can I, can I have change of command? I'm like, absolutely, dude. You've been a command chief here. Uh, so he did the, command, the, the change of command. And then we got here about 10 days afterwards. It was in the middle of COVID. So we go straight into 14-day quarantine. So that kind of expanded how long between me and the boss getting to do stuff together. Uh, but then quickly, you know, got in sync with each other and kind of started our thing. Nice. And how would you say, you know, here roughly two years later, uh, your command team relationship then versus now with, with, and we'll get into in a little bit, kind of everything you guys have been through in the last two years, pretty unprecedented, but um, how would you say it's, it's changed or, or kind of maintained steady or? Oh, no, it's certainly changed. It's, it's matured. It's grown. Uh, you know, when you're starting out, you're sniffing each other around. You're trying to figure each other out, strengths, weaknesses, now, I mean, let's face it, he and I spend more of our waking day together than we do with our family members, <laughs> right. you know, Absolutely. so we know each other's every move. 99 times out of 100, we know how they're going to, uh, each other are going to react. And, um, man, I just, uh, I mentioned this to Jamie during his farewell on Friday night, uh, but uh, kind of his gift to me as I, prepare to leave the Liberty Wing is finally getting to appreciate and experience how great a command team can be. Awesome. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think for me, um, the biggest thing to try when you come into a job like this is, first off, what, what's the boss value and how does he value to receive that information? You know, so I think that's the hardest thing about trying to figure out um, a new relationship is we've been in the Air Force for a long time, right? And we kind of know what right looks like. But we all have our own internal things about how do I want to receive yeah. information, how do I want you to present it, and then what I want you to do with the information, right? And so a lot of times you got to figure out, hey, when the boss says, hey, uh, Jamie, you got this? What does you got this mean, right? <laughs> does he say go do this? Or does he need some feedback that, hey, it was done, you know, it's a – you go through those learning curves, but you very quickly learn each other. And then uh, I think we have a lot of shared values. Uh, we have a lot of things that when we know what right looks like, we know what that looks like kind of together. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot of learning that. I think we both, nice. we, we both, and we've said it multiple times, right? We love airmen. This mission will get to you um, if you let it. Um, but if we could figure out how to connect airmen with each other in the mission, then that was a win. Well, I mean, and I will say from a, you know, a member of the wing um, perspective, you guys as a whole 
I've absolutely been able to do that. I mean, it's, you know, you, and I'm not just speaking for me. I mean, this is kind of, I mean, you can feel it throughout the week, the synergy that you guys have had as, you know, and I was lucky enough to, to come in a couple months after you guys became a team, but I felt it the whole time. I mean, the, the way, especially for a very busy overseas fighter wing, I mean, my goodness, like just, um, the airmen are, you know, proud to be here. They're proud to be a part of what they're doing. And, and you guys can just feel that team energy. So, you know, and, and I had to actually even, you know, it's a good transition into this next topic is like really leading in unprecedented times. And, you know, Chief, you said it, it starts with making the airmen feel welcome and, and part of the mission and, and really giving them, you know, and through, let's see, we had two years of COVID command, like all the challenges and lessons learned, takeaways, you know, the Afghan evacuation, uh, Russian invasion of Ukraine, getting F-35s, crushing that IOR timeline and, and saying goodbye to, you know, to the C's and D's, to the Eagle. Like, if if your wing hadn't, you know, been fully invested in the synergy you guys had, I, I think it could have went um, not as great as it really did, really almost seamless. Um, you guys want to share with us some of your thoughts on just, I mean, the sheer number of kind of unprecedented things that happened in your, your time as a team. And do you think that your, how well you worked as a team really got you through some of those? Well, there's no doubt uh, that we were a solid team early on. And then you go down at the group level, solid team early on. And then you go down to the squadron level, solid team early on. And I could go down and down through the echelon. Uh, I have always believed that you got to put investments into the relationship accounts. Mm -hmm. That's true at home, but it's certainly true at work. It's even more true uh, when you're in a busy fighter wing overseas and then busy fighter wing overseas during a global pandemic, you have got to put money into those accounts. And uh, I feel like most of our job was to make sure people were putting money yeah. in those accounts. Yeah, yeah I think as the boss you know, hit it with the, the, the group leadership team, um, I, I think that as we, we were trying to lead through some weird stuff, right? All we kept telling people was stay connected, stay connected, stay connected, right? And uh, I, I don't think that if they hadn't done that, um, that we would have been as successful as, as this wing was. They got through some craziness. Um, but we kind of all said we're doing it together, you know. So the parts that sucked, it sucked for all of us together. Yeah. The parts that we celebrate, uh, we celebrate together. You know, Commander Chief Trophy, right? That was an amazing party, and I think that you couldn't find an airman who didn't understand how they helped us get there, right? How they were the ones who won that award because um, it, it wasn't us. That award was for the community, and, and we say that every newcomer, right? The, the thing that makes Lake Team special is the community. Uh, we got some cool fighter jets and we do some really cool stuff. Um, but without the community together, this place wouldn't be too alive. Yeah, that's agreed. You know, and that was, it, I, I think, um, you know, some members are, are very excited to get here. They're like, oh, they want to live overseas. And then, then others are, you know, it's a little bit daunting because it is, you know, you've got 35s, you've got strike eagles. We did have eagles. So you have, you know, for quite a while, three different fighter aircraft. And then, you know, not, not to mention, you know other people's aircraft coming i think was it, we had six fighter squadrons active on the base for a while between ours and others and oh, deployed yeah. to how many locations people always want to come here yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're right just uh, in the month of february we were operating 
uh, 48 fighter wing assigned fighters, uh, as well as the one where you're caring feeding for from Seymour Johnson out of six locations simultaneously. And we did it. And uh, our airmen delivered. Now, uh, certainly it was not easy, but it looked easy. And the reason it looked easy is because the team that we have here, you know, when an airman looks you in the eye and say, I got this, sir, I got this, ma'am, you can take that to the bank because you know they're going to deliver. And it's our job uh, to make sure they are supported, to make sure they have the resources they need, to make sure they get uh, we, we fight for the, the assignments and the recognition they need and, and, and to get their families what they need. I mean, I'll, I'll be the probably, you know, not the first to say it, probably not the last, but I mean, I think you guys crushed it as a command team. Um, or do you guys want to talk about what, what's next for the for the Ken Lettys and the Jamesons? And sure, happy to do that. But I want to go back to this idea of the pandemic. <clears throat> Definitely. Because one of the things that I thought that we did really well throughout the echelons in the wing was to get people to breathe through their nose. It's real easy to hear, hey, this new guidance is coming down or this new strain is coming here. And, it, you know, and public opinion wants to go mm -hmm. turn that boat rudder real quick. And we, and all the leaders within the wing, were like, hey, breathe through your nose. Let's see what it actually is. Let's see what guidance is from the US. Let's see what guidance is from the UK. Let's see what makes sense for our community, what decision space that we do have. I mean, I will forever be uh, sending Christmas cards to our public health officer and oh, our attorney that. teams, okay. our legal teams, for helping us find that space. But uh, it'd be real easy to overreact. And as a general statement, you don't need a pandemic for people to overreact. It's easy to overreact all the time. Yeah, true. And I mean, and I think about that. We did have, um, you know, compared to, to some stateside wings, you know, right. We have, you know, our the, the DOD guidance. We have, you know, the host nation guidance and, you know, to fall all at the same time. And then a little bit different than even mainland Europe, you know, kind of literally up here on a, up here on an island. So that's um, and, and I think some of us that, you know, we're fortunate enough to, to be, you know, as in the room, as we say, when those decisions were being made, it, it was not easy. I mean, it was evident in most of the leaders around the base, the faces, just the, yeah. you know, but am, am I doing the right thing for the airmen? Am I doing the right thing, you know, by the Air Force, by the DOD? Am I doing the right thing by the host nation? Like, we were, know, we most were of us can't imagine. thankful for the opportunity to be here to help lead the community through that, though. I'm yeah. certainly sure of that. Yeah, yeah I, we, uh, I, and I think it goes back to, what we already said, right? The whole thing was, okay, we're all going to go through this together. Parts are going to be awful. We'll get through that. But if we stay together, we at least have yeah. each other, right? And that's 100%. what we try to do. Is we're inside the wire. We can control what we can control. Let's do it together. You know, and that was the kids, the spouses. I don't know how many times, you know, the boss said the two demographics he was most worried about through the pandemic were our single airmen who were stuck in a dorm room and by UK law couldn't associate with mm -hmm. anybody else. Um, they could go to work and back into the dorm room. And then the second were our spouses. We at least got to go to work and talk right. to each other. The kids got to go to school, but our spouses sent us off to work, sent the kids off to school. 
right. stuffed in their muscles. Yeah, just, that, that small you know, support yeah. bubble, I think is what they call it. So but, we, had to, yeah. we had to find ways to make sure they all stayed connected to other people, right? Because uh, without connectedness, it gets real lonely real fast. Right. Every problem you have in your life gets amplified. You know? So that's what I appreciate about the bosses, just perspective. And then the leadership teams at every echelon taking that on and going, this is what we're going to do. We're doing it together. You know, and so that, that's what I'm most proud of and uh, was, was happy to be here for uh, great experiences. I think, I think it made a huge difference. And, you know, particularly for, for families that live out on the economy and not on base, you know, at least here on, on base, a lot of families had, you know, neighbors or close by, you know, if nothing else, they can talk, you know, over, over the fence or, you know, in the front yard. Um, but, you know, you think about some of those one, two offs out, you know, on the outskirts and not even real close to base. It's, um, it's hard for me to, you know, as a, as a base resident to even imagine. Um, and I, I mean, I was thankful that, uh, while I'm, teleworking is great, I think it was great for a lot of the, the single armor to be able to go into work. Um, because it wasn't like, you know, some of the stateside bases still teleworking and they're kind of reaching out to us for advice. Like, hey, how did you get everybody, you know, kind of jazzed up to get back in the office? And the answer was like, well, that was the relief for us was coming into work, yeah. you know, yeah. and have a little bit of human interaction. And so, yeah, well, I mean, and even to that point, to you, guys. you know, uh, when the pandemic uh, first kicked off in, you know, April, March of 2020, all the schools uh uh, went virtual and I can't speak to anyone else's household <laughs> but the virtual learning in the Camaletti household was a hot mess right. yeah. so we were uh, I was singularly focused of keeping those schools open uh, come uh, yeah. coming thank you for August that. <laughs> of 2020 and the kudos to now Brigadier General Marshall uh, my predecessor in this seat uh, when I was the OG and I said, hey, boss, I need to start working these things now. He gave me the leash to do so. Uh, we, we had a strong coalition of willing, uh, both certainly within the command, uh, Dodea, uh, but our host nation partners as well, So it, it, and the families. Yeah. Uh, so that was great. And on that, too, that is uh, huge, the schools in back open, because same, I didn't know how much I forgot about middle school and high school math. Uh, that could be real humbling real fast. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, hats off for that. But um, if you want to touch on real quick with getting back into the schools, the uh, the jabs, the vaccines yeah. for teachers. Um, yeah, I know- great question. So in the summer of 2020, the host nation was like, hey, we're going to keep calm, carry on. Kids are going to school. We need it for all these reasons. It's, uh, it's our moral obligation to keep the kids in school. We need the parents available to work, all the things. It's like, hey, great. We're going to hitch our wagon to that horse. And then uh, New Year's rolls around and the infection rates are higher. Like, we're shutting the schools. And I'm like, oh, boy. And I made, uh, and we had just, this is the week before Christmas and uh, New Year's, actually. We had just received, I don't know, 1,300 jabs on base or something like that. And uh, I made a couple calls uh, to the host nation to Dodia, um, certainly Jamie and I and the group commanders discussed, and uh, I called uh, my leadership in Ramstein, and they had, uh, the Department of Defense had a hierarchy of who gets the first jab, you know, first responders, and, and then down, and, and out down here were uh, the school teachers in Dodia. I said, hey boss, 
this is what I want to do unless you tell me no, but I'm going to take them and offer them up top. He didn't hesitate. He said, move out. Nice. Uh, that was both General Regan and uh, now Lieutenant General Reed. Oh, okay. And uh, it was great. But that was only part of it. Had to get the host nation on board, and they were. And then I wasn't certain what the take rates would be from our right. Dodia teammates. I thought, I was hoping yeah, half. Yeah, they get a say in jabbed or not. I was hoping half. It was well over 90%. And when we had those numbers, it was easy to say, hey, I know what all the guidance is, uh, both U.S. and U.K., but because of this, no one bad an eye about us keeping the schools open. So very, uh, in fact, it's probably the thing I'm most proud of in my entire Air Force career. Yeah. Because it meant so much to our community. It meant so much to our ability to generate mission. I mean, while that was going on, we were moving out on agile combat employment. We were shooting missiles here. Uh, in Europe, we've never done that before, dropping lives, uh, uh, doing large force flying <laughs> exercises, and all the other things. Uh, very proud of that. Yeah. So, and again, rightfully so, because that's, you know, I mean, it's great for the kids, but like I said, that's one less thing off, off of the family's minds. You know, if the kids are in class or in, you know, in school, it's, you know, they don't need to stay on to facilitate that. If the schools aren't open, I now have a readiness problem. Perfect way to put it. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think, I don't know that a lot of, I don't know how many, I mean, obviously over, overseas we deal with that a little bit more, but I don't know how many other wing commanders had and command teams had to go through that same challenge. And, yeah, or or ever were even prepared <laughs> to, I, I you never thought in a million years that would be a challenge they'd face. I just don't think that most of them had the battle space to actually maneuver in it, right? Um, if you're in the States, yeah. you don't get to decide whether the public oh, schools so stay open, right? Yeah. You don't have, you don't get that option. Um, certainly other countries across Europe it didn't um, but it would have been easy for us to just go okay kids are out of school right um, but that wasn't that wasn't what this team was you guys about. found solutions not excuses well, and that's a great point you know uh, hats off to our host nation partners yeah. uh, the ability and willingness for them to work with the US visiting force is probably higher here than what I've been told from any one of my counterparts in other locations and that's not to say those aren't great teammates of host nations as well but we really had a lot of leash here to to do what we needed for our community and our mission if you guys had like one more week or one more month together you guys what would you go after what do you think or just keep on the same path Uh, one more day i thought about that one (laughs) i know the ones uh (laughs) The ones we haven't seen uh, to completion yet. Very happy with Freedom Field. Kudos yeah, yeah. to uh, you know Landon Phillips team, mission support group, and everyone that made that happen. You can see just in the few weeks that we've had it, man. There's been a lot of activity out there, and I see more and more activity happening. Weather's a little nicer now, but the yeah. word spread. Hey, man, this is cool. Yeah. You know, two two years ago we were walking around there, walking through. My, I mean. My first two years here, I didn't even know that was on base. <laughs> I thought it was off base. Same. My house is right there. It was all just, it was yeah. fences and connexes yeah. for about the first year. So, so along those lines, the two that uh, we're looking forward to get done in the next year, our integrated resilience campus, we're really looking at our center, uh, really looking forward to that. And then two years from now, wish it was sooner, uh, but our community center, uh, we're really excited about that. It should be late spring of 2024. Okay. Um, and then uh, I'll pass this one off to uh, Brigadier General Campo. Uh, 
Sir, we need to get a pool here sometime. <laughs> I've been managing expectations. I said success will look like seven to eight years from now. So, uh, but but it would be nice. That's a good estimate. Yeah. Those are the big rocks. Uh, but you know, we we have small battles and victories and losses every day. I don't, Jamie, anything. I can't think of anything that 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 we really were trying to get after that we didn't get to. Like you said, we lost some battles, um, which is to be expected, right? We win them all, and the other team's not fighting, right? Or we're not trying hard enough. Right. Yeah, so. I don't know that there's a whole lot that I could think of. Like I said, the community center, we're really excited about it. And then it just it's it's just gonna take longer than we wanted. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I saw a newcomer this morning. We said the same thing about Freedom Field. That concept came two years ago yeah. and it opened this April, right? So the fact that we have something for two years, I mean, it's gonna be awesome, it's gonna be amazing. Um, you just kind of want to see you know, the yeah. ideas come yeah. to fruition. and. I think that's the only, I think we're the only ones disappointed about yeah. not being able to see it, right? Yeah. Uh, it's so. interesting that you both picked, you know, family and, and airmen related. Because again, you know, as we know here, that the mission keeps turning, but, you know, just kind of testament. And and on this, I, I did want to touch on this because um, I thought it was kind of an interesting, you know, dynamic and kind of a really, an, an, I hate to use the word underserved, but you guys were both, at least at one time, or in some way, shape, or form, a, a mill-to-mill family. Um, and I've always said, I mean, you could write a sitcom about, you know, a mill-to-mill household and just, um, you know, all the challenges and, you know, funny and dramatic that, that can come along with that. But is that, is that Craig, you guys both at least at one time? Say what? You guys at least were at one time. Uh, oh, do you yeah, guys want absolutely. to talk a little bit about well, that? Uh, ha- happy to talk about it. I, I would say that you could write a sitcom on most every family, True. whether they're mill to mill or not. So that's not taking anything away from our, our single mill families. But a mill to mill family does have uh, certain uh, unique challenges, right? Uh, thankfully, Meredith and I made decisions when we were mill to mill, we didn't have, when she was active duty, we didn't have any children. Um, but even that alone was difficult. Hey, are we going to get the same base? You know, we're going to do the things. And then uh, she made the decision to enter the reserves, which is still reservist, as, as I think you know, Kevin. Um, but then, you know, you got a kid, you got a second kid, and now you're managing the PCS. Is like, well, hey, I got to go do a drill weekend. I'm like, cool, I'll babysit the kids. It's not right. babysitting if you're right, your own yes. kids. Come on, I was it's good, not babysitting yeah. if you're your own kids. <laughs> I was trying not to show my, no, 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 my cringy just, face. I said it jokingly because <laughs> uh, hopefully Meredith will hear this and just yeah. give me a look uh, it, across the room. It is all, pretty much all yeah. mom's pet peeve. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, even if you're not mill to mill, you know, yeah. if you got two working parents. Right. Or you got one working parent and, and you're a single parent or you got one working parent and, and, and one somewhere or sick, you know, it's just the challenges of modern life are significantly more burdensome than what they were a couple decades ago and then you factor on the uncertainty of the military lifestyle uh man that's why we work again we said some family stuff here a second ago right doesn't mean that we think this is a jobs program the 48 fighter wing raf lake and heath exist to own the skies right we do a lot of other things but we own the skies for america for nato partners and allies that's what we do but at our level, everyone's getting after mission. Everyone's jobbing it. So we had to take the step back to look after the airmen, to look after the family. 
Oh, Jamie, how about your mail to mail? Yeah, so uh, ours didn't last long because uh, just our, our the two different fuel flows we had, yeah. we were going to be constantly deployed. I mean, even we we dated for four years. We deployed together three times, <laughs> and you know, so it's, you know, but we dated for four years because we were always deployed. No way to there was no time to actually get married, right? <laughs> and so uh, Jessica Jessica says, you know, she she decided to separate uh, because she loved me more than her Air Force career, and we would just never be together, right? Uh, so I think we made the right decision uh, as we looked at our particular situation. It just, there was no way it was gonna work for us. You're gonna be stuck to about four or five bases, and you're gonna spend six months in the desert and six months home, and if you wanna start a family, it's really hard, right. you know? And uh, of course, we wanted to have kids, and Wyatt, you know, 13 now, you know, she doesn't look back on it. She doesn't regret it. Um, I, we don't, as a family, regret it. And, you had a great career, you know, so um, I, I applaud Miller Mill families who were able to do it long term. I know multiple chief to chiefs. I, I don't know how they did it the whole career because I certainly wasn't. If my wife could have done it 100 percent, she would have drug me along. But I would have been lost. Right. 100 percent would have been lost. Yeah. I mean, and, and again, I, I, like you said, sorry, not, not, it's not to take away from yeah. from any of our families. I just I, I thought it was just an inter interesting kind of demographic fact. And I've rarely i think maybe had one or two other commanders or one or two other command chiefs that yeah. um but never both at the same time so well, i just thought well, that was you know interesting. I, I, they experienced it i think the prevalence of mill to mill is i mean it's exponentially increasing totally you know agree. and even if they're not at, at a given snapshot in time still mill to mill like you look at the number of couples uh where one was previous mm -hmm. military and one is currently military like yeah. I couldn't tell you. My my gut tells me it's about a third. It might be. I think. You know, yeah, I, I think really you're right. Think, I think it's. I mean, it's I look to where we are now, easier. to where when we entered in the '90s, it's it was much much higher. Now the Air Force is making the options, you know, yeah. a lot more available too. We'll say that. Um, and with that, we'll we'll end it here. I know you guys again. It's the you know the bitter bittersweet at least for us last few weeks, and and you got a lot to attend to. But honestly, thank you both. I mean, for two outstanding years um you know your your leadership your really your your friendship um across the wing and 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 for being here and being guests on our our new liberty by trade podcast yeah it's gonna be hard to top this one yeah. this has been an amazing <laughs> assignment so it's gonna be hard to top it but we'll try hey kevin appreciate you and the team for doing this and uh it's been uh it's been our pleasure uh to be a part of this community for the past few years awesome all right well thank you both okay.